Good evening, everyone. Good evening. So I want to uh, pray. Father, I just thank you. I praise your holy name. I pray that you would just uh, bless every person here, Lord God, and open up hearts and minds to uh, receive this message, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So <clears throat> I want us to go to 1 Corinthians 9. And we're going to start in verse 24. 1 Corinthians 9, verse 24. So we're going to have four. So I'm doing an alliteration here, meaning that all the points I'm going to use are going to be starting with the same uh, letter, which is R. Um, and the first one is run. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but only one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may win. So everybody has got their own individual walk. And this was a game. So Paul is contextualizing here. He's talking about the Ismus games, which was in Corinth, right? This was before the Olympic Games. And everybody has a different starting point in this. And at this time, it wasn't like the Olympics because this was individual sports. So there was no team sports. So everybody is running in their own race. Everybody's got their own starting point, right? I mean, I heard Ade talking about someone saying, well, I thought you were a Christian. How could you, you, you have a kid and not be married? I mean, that is so silly because she's not looking, the other person, the person who actually said that is not looking at the starting point, right? Not looking at Ade's starting point. Everybody has a starting point, and that's someone who is just religious. A religious person is someone who puts trust in themselves, right? And a religious person is also someone who makes these aspersions about somebody else. Oh, you should be that, you should be that. No, they don't, because everybody has a starting point. Some people get saved when they're five years old in their race. Some people get saved at 95 years old. Some people get saved right on their deathbed. Look at the thief on the cross, right? Everybody is running in a race. But here's the thing about this race. You are not competing with anyone. That's a worldly thing, right? And so for someone to say, oh, by now you're a Christian, you should have two kids and be living 1.2 miles away from the church. You know, it's silly, right? It is... In fact, I'm going to even say this, really. For me, most Christians are contradictory indicators, meaning if they say north, I will say south. Look at them in this country with politics. Look, look at the kind of man that they've been chasing after. He's an ungodly man. No, the truth is this, is we are following Christ. You can't serve two masters. You're running in a race. In fact, actually, if you want a model of who to find, Fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Not on Democrats, not on Republicans, no, on Jesus. 
This is, this is also a lifelong race. It's a lifelong race. Don't look at anybody. You know, here's the thing. That person that said to Ade, it's not going to be standing with Ade when she stands before the Lord. Here's one thing, folks. There's going to be no lines when you're standing before the Lord. Oh, you cooks, get in that line. Uh, females, that line. No, 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 no. It's an individual line, like it's an individual race, right? An individual race. You know who your metric is? The Lord Jesus Christ. No, not your next door neighbor. No, it's the Lord Jesus Christ. This is why Paul says that those that com are comparing themselves with themselves are foolish. Really, because that's not our comparison. That's not our metric. This is a race, but only you are in it. And Christ is the judge. Nobody else, not a person in a room, they say, oh, no, by now you shouldn't have this. That, you know, I see so much silliness. I, you know, I mean, to say, you know, you shouldn't have a baby. Okay, we can say, oh, when the Apostle Paul, he shouldn't have been murdering people. Oh, well, Peter, he shouldn't have denied the Lord. Moses, you shouldn't have killed someone. I mean, come on. This is what God uses. He uses sin. All things are working together for good. Don't let anybody despise your story. I was in a mental hospital. And now God is using me to have people think better, live better. A guy who tried to kill himself, think better, live better. I mean, come on. Really? Think, do not let anyone despise your story. Do not let anybody, nobody can disqualify you from this race except the Lord Jesus Christ. And he never, ever will. He never, ever will. I remember when I was a kid, right? And there used to be, I remember watching Wimbledon and John McEnroe. Oh, you can't be. He wanted to be his own judge, right? His umpire. You can't be serious. You know, one time I think he disqualified the judge. I want you to go. No, no you need to leave this. You, it's only the Lord Jesus Christ who's, who's in this, who's measuring this race. He is the metric. He is the metric. So the first one is Ron. That's verse 24. The second one is regulate. Look at verse 25. Everyone who competes in the game exercises self-control in all things. They then do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we, an imperishable one. In this race, there has to be some regulation, right? There. Hey, listen, this is a marathon. You have got to be careful about who you're hanging out with, how you're hanging out, where you're hanging out, what you're doing, right? Anything that takes you away from the word, hey, you've got to leave it. I remember when I was coming to the Lord, hey, I had to cut a lot of people from my life. You cannot be hanging around with the, with the people that you used to do those things with and expect to change your life. Bad company corrupts good. 
character. Really, you have to regulate. Athletes, they can't be out partying all night. They have to regulate their lives, right? If you are, because don't forget, Paul is using this games as a context for us to understand the kind of environment we have to create for ourselves, right? I mean, if you were a drinker, I mean, don't be going to the bar anymore and hanging out with people there. You're not regulating your life properly. You're putting yourself in situations that can trip you up, right? You are putting yourself in a situation that can trip you up. Do you know what? I spend so much time indoors, reading or doing, and I, I love it. I'm just spending time now with the Lord because I know in my race, I don't want to do anything that can take me out, that can cause me to trip up. I mean, it's been a long time now since I did anything boozing or anything like that. So it'd be very difficult to trip up. But you know what? I'm not even going to take the chance. And even the desire to go out where people are doing it, the desire has actually got. And so regulation, understanding that you're in this race and that you want to finish well, will determine the choices that you make now, will determine what you engage in right now, really, will determine how you now connect with people and the people that you actually connect with. It's very, very, very important how you regulate your life, knowing that you're in this race. And then verse 26, it is reward. So you've got run, regulate, 26, reward. Therefore, I run in such a way as not without aim. I box in such a way as not beating the air, right? So, um, so now, so uh, reward, I'm sorry. Reward is uh, uh, then do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we to an imperishable one. Therefore, I run in such a way that I am not just boxing the air, but I am doing it in such a way where I know there's something tangible coming to me, right? Because if you think about it, when people are training for these games, really, it's a very fleeting thing. You probably don't even remember the last Olympics, what anybody won. But in terms now of our reward, it's an eternal one. Paul said, you know, there's a crown of righteousness that's laid up for me. And he's not talking about in this episode, in this cycle of the Olympics, he's talking about for eternity. This is why it's important for us to think eternally. Once you think eternally and you remember that reward that you are going to get one it causes you to live a life now that gets you to that reward it's very very 
very important. When my son has told me that I want to go to law school, I said, well, you know what? You have to, here's what you have to do. What matters, getting to, once you're at law school, yeah, that's important, but what matters is the life that you live to get you there, right? Really, you have to forge a life that actually gets you to that destination. In other words, you have to prepare your mind right now for then you have to, here's what you do. You prepare your mind right now to receive, well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter into the rest of your Lord. When Paul said, I want us to read it, see what I'm talking about. This is the reward. So don't forget, this is the guy now who's writing all of this. And look what he is. Look at the end of all of this, what he says. So for, uh, 2 Timothy 4. Verse 6, for I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure has come. So Paul was beheaded by Nero. And listen to what he said, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. In the future, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearance. I could grab this, this, uh, this text here and stick it right here. Because what he's doing right here in this first Corinthians is working towards this text here. Do you see how it's in alignment with this? Paul knows what he's working towards. So he's being beheaded by Nero, but does he sound bothered? No, because of this eternal crown of righteousness, right? This eternal crown, I'm being poured out as a drink offering. Don't forget, he's being executed. This was not this sudden execution. There's preparation for this execution. You're almost thinking, wow, why isn't he nervous? Because he's prepared for it here, and he knows where he's going. He knows where he is going. And this crown of righteousness is not until the next Olympics, not until the next game. No, it's an eternal thing, right? So he is prepared for When you understand where you're going, it keeps you in the right place today. You know what it does? It causes anxiety to go away. It brings a peace that is so supernatural, you only know it comes from God. It brings an energy also. It brings a fulfillment, right? Brings this fulfillment. Paul, you don't hear Paul say, oh no, they shouldn't execute me. I'm gonna pray to the Lord and see if I can get some mercy. He embraces this because he's prepared for it right here. In fact, actually, the, the uh, uh, execution is his way to the entrance, is his way to the reward that he's got. So it's not really an execution in Paul's mind. It's more of a liberation. 
And when you have that end in mind, you can face anything here, anything. And then, then look though, verse 27, the last one is routine. But I discipline my body and make it my slave so that after I preach to others, I myself will not be disqualified. What is Paul saying when he says, I discipline my body? I have got my body in such a disciplined routine. I dictate to my desires. They don't dictate to me. That's what he's saying. That is what he's saying. I'm the one that determines where my body goes. You know, we all know we have really gone into places that we know that we shouldn't. And Paul even gave this narrative about the flesh warring against the spirit, the things that I do, I don't really want to do. And the things that I want to do, I'm not doing, right? It gives this conflict. But here's what should happen with discipline, with this routine. With this routine, the spirit should always be knocking out the flesh. The flesh should be KO'd. There should be a KO by the, by the spirit towards the flesh, meaning we should be able to say, but I discipline my body and make it my slave so that, I have, so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified. One thing I know about everybody on this line at some point in time, you were a slave to your desires. In fact, everybody on the planet, except the Lord Jesus Christ, everybody on the planet. And now because of the power of the spirit, we get into this discipline routine. So we are dictating to our desires and our desires are not dictating to us. Jesus demonstrated that, right? in uh, the 40 days, 40 and when, he was led out into the wilderness to be tempted by the spirit. It is written, right? What was he saying? What was he doing? He was dictating to these desires. Hey, listen, he had these desires. 40 days, 40 nights, no eating, turn his rock into bread. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone. That was the discipline. That was the routine, right? Getting your body into a place where you understand the power of the spirit and the power the spirit is the heavyweight champ of the universe and the flesh is puny in comparison when you've had that routine going though you gotta do the training right you gotta and this is why this is such a great context do you know do you know what people used to have to do people would have to if you want to compete in these games at the time, you would have to make an oath to Zeus. Now, the Greeks had a pantheon of gods, right? But you would, but the main one was Zeus. He was the main guy. You had to make a commitment to 10 months training. 10 months of of training you had to make that commitment and this was an honor society if you said it you pretty much did it 
And if you didn't, if you didn't, hey, you would lose your honor. We have to make this commitment to Christ. Lord, I'm going to run my race. I mean, Paul says that. I've run the race. I finished my course, right? This is how Paul looked at it, right? I fought the good fight. All of those are, is using these athletic metaphors, right? You know, and now there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness. When you run and finish your course, you run that race the way you should, yeah, there is a crown back as well in these days. They would give them like this crown of olives, this olive wreath. We've even seen the Caesars, right? They're kind of immortalized with these crowns on their head. But we get a crown that does not perish, right? And also, you have to understand on the way to the crown, you get fulfillment, you get peace, you get joy, you get to be surrounded by love, right? You, you get fear eradicated, right? You get this power and this change inside of you. You know, it's amazing. Uh, you, when you get it initially, it's almost a fear. This is not going to go away, is it? And it doesn't. It remains. As long as you remain running in this race, right? As long as you remain uh, regulating these uh, um, desires, as long as you keep focused on the reward, and as long as you get into this routine. Now, as long as you do that, no, it will not go away. It just gets better and better. But this is the Christian life. We're going to do some prayer points. It's first one is, Lord God, give me the grace to run, Lord God. Give me the grace to run in this race, as I should, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you. Father, we just praise your holy name. Father, we pray that you will give us the grace to run, Lord God, as we should in this race, not against anyone else, Father, Lord God, but we know we are in the race that you have set for us, and you are ultimately going to be the judge. So I pray, Father, you will give us the grace to run as we should, looking, keeping our eyes on you, Lord God, the author and finisher of our faith. Lord, we just thank you in Jesus' name, amen. Lord God, give us the grace to regulate our lives, our decisions, Lord God. Give us the grace to regulate, Lord God, so we are able to stay the course in this race, Lord, in Jesus' name. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you. We praise your holy name, Lord God. We pray that you will give us the grace to regulate, Lord God. Regulate our, ourselves, Lord God, Jesus Christ. Give us the grace to regulate ourselves in this race, our decisions, Father, Lord God, uh, who we have around us, Lord. We ask in Jesus' name, amen.
Next one, give us the grace to stay fixated on the reward. As I said, keep your eyes on Jesus. What did Paul say? You know, I keep pressing on to the higher mark in Christ. That was the target. It was Jesus. So give us the grace to remain focused on that reward. You, you know something? Unless you see something at the end of your effort, it's going to be very difficult to put the effort in that's required. You know, he even says about Jesus, for the joy that was set before him, Jesus Christ endured the cross. And now he is seated at the right hand of God. In our humanity, we need a reward at the end. You know your reward at the end of the week? Your salary. And sometimes bonus. They use bonus to incentivize people, right? To work harder. We need that reward. So it's Lord God, give me the grace to focus on that reward, to focus on you, Lord God, the rewarder, to focus on that reward, Lord, in Jesus' name. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you. We praise your holy name. We magnify you. We pray, Father, that you will give us the grace to remain focused, Lord God, on that reward, Father. You, the rewarder, Lord God. Oh, we just thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if I know a reward is coming, then it's easy for me to rationalize a routine. I've got my routine. So the next one is the routine. Because the routine, then the discipline routine takes me to the reward. So it's, Lord God, give me the grace to remain focused on the routine, Lord God. Give me that grace, Father, Lord God, to, to instill the discipline in myself, Lord God, Jesus Christ, to accomplish the reward, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. So I'm going to do the uh, caring call is where I call people to make a commitment to Christ. So it's, Father Lord, I know I am a sinner. I, I pray that you will forgive my sins, Lord God. I accept you into my heart as my Lord and Savior, Father Lord God. I know I am entering my own personal race with you, Father Lord God, and you are my judge and nobody else. Give me the grace, Lord God, to see you as my judge and my savior, Lord God. And Lord, I thank you, actually, that you did not judge my sin, but you took it away by your shed blood. So I accept you into my heart as my Lord and savior. And I know, Lord God, you will give me the grace to finish the race. In Jesus' name, amen. <music>